Welcome to the Serpent Soul Podcast, where we explore our identity before God and our relationship with God. I'm your host, Kenneth Grady, and I pray that we will be fed by the Word of God, led by the Spirit of God, and living with passion for the will of God. And in so doing, may we raise each other up as we lay ourselves down before the Lord. This is the Servant Soul Podcast. Today I want to take a look at the beginning of the story of Samuel. And before we get started in the scripture, I want to give a quick background about where we're entering into the story at. And this is at the time before Israel was ruled by a king. And the priest at that time was Eli. Eli's sons uh, had been brought up to be priests as well, but were were being very wicked in their actions. Uh, with uh, The Bible records that they were laying with women that gathered at the temple. They were violating the sacrifices that were to be offered to God and taking by force even uh, much of the sacrifice for themselves. And so God is preparing to bring judgment against Eli and his sons. And this is where we enter into the scripture in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 through 10, where God is calling Samuel as a child to serve the Lord. So again, 1 Samuel 3, 1 through 10 says, And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. And it came to pass at that time, when Eli was laid down in his place, and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep, that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here am I. And he ran unto Eli and said, Here am I, for thou calledst me. And he said, I called not, lie down again. And he went and lay down. And the Lord called yet again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I called not, my son, lie down again. And Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be, if he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place, and the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. What's interesting about this is that Samuel didn't know God yet. And it's interesting that he was such a good kid that he was serving a God he didn't even know, and he was doing it well. Look back at chapter 2, verses 17 and 18, which says, Wherefore the sin of the young men was very great before the Lord. That's referring to the sons of Eli. It says, For the men abhorred the offering of the Lord. But Samuel ministered before the Lord, being a child, girded with a linen ephod. Eli's sons are evil, but Samuel. See, Samuel was serving the Lord. God had Samuel in position to do the work of God before God even called him to do it. He was in the temple, learning from Eli, wearing the uniform of a priest. He was chosen by God before he chose God. God was setting up Samuel to do his will. So the question is, why Samuel? See, there is power in our lives to affect the lives of others. Let's look first at the sin of Eli. In verse 11, it says, And the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do a thing in Israel, at which both the ears of every one that heareth it shall tingle. In that day I will perform against Eli all things which I have spoken concerning his house. When I begin, I will also make an end. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knoweth, because his sons made themselves vile, and he restrained them not. 
See, Samuel was created in part as a response to the evil of Eli's family. God molded Samuel's life to counter the lives of the previous generations. (laughs) And the part that gets really exciting is that Samuel was a result of his mother's faith. Hannah, Samuel's mother, had a relationship with God that was so good that God just lined up her son before he was even old enough to know what was going on. Hannah called on God, and God responded by calling on Samuel. See, our lives matter, and whether full of faith or full of sin, God is shaping others around our lives. What a responsibility when we realize the direct correlation between our actions and the reactions in the lives of those around us. See, I think we get caught up on free will. Like, it doesn't matter how I live my life, because everyone else is still free to be themselves, right? But God still decides what options each of us has to choose between. Hannah's child was placed on a path where leadership, where speaking the word, where being God's prophet was an option. What options will my child have to choose from based on my relationship with God? My walk with God can be a starting point for others to walk with God. As I said, Hannah's faith played a large role in why Samuel was put in the position that he was in. You see, Hannah and Penina were both married to Elkanah, and there was so much strife between Penina and Hannah because, you know, Penina had children, and Hannah at that point had had no children, and she basically mocked her and criticized her for it. I I believe Penina was really jealous, if you look through the scriptures, that um, Elkanah showed favor towards Hannah. Um, and so she basically went at her for everything that she could, uh, insulting and teasing and vexing Hannah for her inability to bring children for her husband, Elkanah. And so in verse 9, it starts out and says, So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh, and after they had drunk. Now Eli the priest sat upon a seat by a post of the temple of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid, and remember me, and forget not thine handmaid, but would give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. And it came to pass, as she continued praying before the Lord, that Eli marked her mouth. Now Hannah, she spake in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she had been drunken. And Eli said unto her, How long wilt thou be drunken? Put away thy wine from thee. And Hannah answered and said, No, my lord, I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Count not thy handmaid for a daughter of Belial, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken hitherto. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. And she said, Let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. And they rose up in the morning early, and worshipped before the Lord, and returned, and came to their house to Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah his wife, and the Lord remembered her. Wherefore it came to pass, when the time was come about, after Hannah had conceived that she bare a son, and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked him of the Lord. So why did Hannah have Samuel? Because she wanted him more than anybody else. She asked more. She prayed harder. She offered more. She gave God her best. And God gave her the best in return. Eli, an old experienced priest, didn't even know what to think. He had seen a lot of people pray. But when he actually finally understood what was really going down between Hannah and God, he was just like, well, I mean, if you're asking like that, well, God's going to do something. 
Hannah had Samuel because she believed. Verse 18 says, And she said, Let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. She went away confident. She wasn't asking anymore. She was trusting. Verse 19 says, And they rose up in the morning early and worshipped before the Lord, and returned and came to their house in Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah his wife, and the Lord remembered her. See, she was worshipping even before she had the child. So anyway, I know that's a lot of scripture, but here's my point. Samuel wasn't lucky, okay? Samuel is because Hannah was. God blessed Samuel with greatness because his mama was walking with the Lord. Moses is because Amran and Jochebed was. Elisha is because Elijah was. Solomon is because David was. Esther is because Mordecai was. Peter is because Andrew was. Timothy is because Paul was. Here's the question. Who is because I am? Who is because you are? There is life-changing power in every person God creates. The decisions we make matter. Are we setting up those around us for blessings like Hannah or destruction like Eli? God's plan isn't changing. My use of free will either puts me in sync with God's plan or in opposition to it. I can't save anyone or condemn anyone, but when my cup runs over with God's blessings, it tends to pour into the lives of those closest to me. It works the same way with judgment. When God has to bring judgment against me in order to move his plan forward, my destruction hurts those near to me as well. I don't want to put my loved ones in that position. When I move, I move those near to me. Where am I taking them? And here's what's really special about Hannah. It's Hannah's follow-through. Hannah's faith put Samuel in position, but what kept him there? I want to look at two passages, the first of which is chapter 1, verses 21 through 28. It says, And the man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer unto the Lord the yearly sacrifice and his vow. But Hannah went not up, for she said unto her husband, I will not go up until the child be weaned. And then I will bring him, that he may appear before the Lord, and there abide forever. And Elkanah her husband said unto her, Do what seemeth thee good. Tarry until thou have weaned him. Only the Lord establish his word. So the woman abode and gave her son suck until she weaned him. And when she had weaned him, she took him up with her, with three bullocks, and one ephah of flour, and a bottle of wine, and brought him into the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young. And they slew a bullock, and brought the child to Eli. And she said, O my Lord, as thy soul liveth, my Lord, I am the woman that stood by thee here, praying unto the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord hath given me my petition which I asked of him. Therefore also I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord, and he worshipped the Lord there. The second passage is chapter 2, 18-21, and says, But Samuel ministered before the Lord, being a child, girded with a linen ephod. Moreover, his mother made him a little coat and brought it to him from year to year, when she came up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. And Eli blessed Elkanah and his wife and said, The Lord give thee seed of this woman for the loan which is lent to the Lord. And they went unto their own home, and the Lord visited Hannah so that she conceived and bare three sons and two daughters. And the child Samuel grew before the Lord. See, Hannah did more than just give her son to God. She followed through. She didn't just dump him on the Lord and say thanks. (laughs) She lent him to the Lord. God was given full use of Samuel, 
plus Hannah was maintaining responsibility. I mean, look at verse 19. She made him a little coat and came every year. Hannah didn't just give God an infant. She gave him a toddler. She gave him a boy, a teen, a man. She came every year. She prayed for him. She blessed him. She watched him with expectation. She added value. She put in the time. Our gifts to God, you know, are just his problem, right? (laughs) We give stuff to God so that we don't feel the need to put in the time. More stuff, less time. Our gifts to God don't mean anything to him because they don't mean anything to us. Hannah knew how to give God a gift. She gave her son and her time and her work and her love and her tears. And she followed through with building up and increasing the gift that she gave. Hannah gave God a meaningful gift and look what he did with it. In chapter 7, verses 3 through 4, it says, And Samuel spake unto all the house of Israel, saying, If ye do return unto the Lord with all your hearts, then put away the strange gods and Ashtaroth from among you, and prepare your hearts unto the Lord, and serve him only, and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. Then the children of Israel did put away Balaam and Ashtaroth and served the Lord only. Who would have thought that when Hannah was sewing that coat and thinking about her baby, who would have thought that when Hannah was raising the animals to sacrifice and little Samuel was on her heart, who would have thought that when Hannah had to tell little Samuel every year why he couldn't come home with mommy, that it would matter that much. But that's why it was her son that rose up, her son that spoke the word, her son that turned the heart of a nation back to God. Because Hannah had the follow-through to give, not just a gift, but to give of herself. Nothing happens in our lives because we don't have any follow-through. We won't put in the time, the energy, the love, the tears, the investment to make our gifts meaningful. We just drop some stuff at Jesus' feet and go along our merry way. Where's the follow-through? I want to close with this thought, and it's what God told Samuel when he first speaks to him. God tells Samuel he's about to do something. In chapter 3, 11 through 21, it says, And the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do a thing in Israel, at which both the ears of everyone that heareth it shall tingle. In that day I will perform against Eli all things which I have spoken concerning his house. When I begin, I will also make an end. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knoweth, because his sons made themselves vile and he restrained them not. And therefore I have sworn unto the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be purged with sacrifice nor offering forever. And Samuel lay unto the morning and opened the doors of the house of the Lord, and Samuel feared to show Eli the vision. Then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. And he answered, Here am I. And he said, What is the thing that the Lord hath said unto thee? I pray thee, hide it not from me. God do so to thee, and more also, if if thou hide anything from me of all the things that he said unto thee. And Samuel told him every wit, and hid nothing from him. And he said, It is the Lord, let him do what seemeth good. And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and did let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan even to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was established to be a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. See, God never changes. He still responds to both faithfulness and sinfulness. So what is the thing 
that God is doing in our time, in our nation, in our lives. I mean, there's plenty of evil around, right? There's plenty of evil to call for God's judgment, and God is still a just God. So, am I an Eli or a Hannah? As for me and my house, are we in position to be a part of what God is doing? Or are we like Eli and his family that have to ask somebody else what God is up to? In the end, my children and my loved ones have to choose their own way. But when God comes looking for someone to call, someone to use, why not my family? Why not my friends? Why not follow through in such a way that I'm constantly moving those around me closer to God? I don't want to stand before God and realize that my child was passed over because I didn't prepare them for the work of the Lord. Don't just dedicate your newborn to the Lord. Dedicate your toddler to the Lord. Dedicate your teen to the Lord. Dedicate your grown child to the Lord. Follow through. Don't stop adding value to the people God has placed in your life. It matters. We can invest in our children and help prepare them to lead our nation back to God. We can invest in our brothers and sisters and help prepare them to lead our nation back to God. We can invest in our friends and our neighbors and help prepare them to lead our nation back to God. God hasn't changed. He's still about to do something. We've all started a lot of things with good intentions. Don't quit now. Now it's time to follow through. John 4, 34 says, Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. Amen. Thanks for listening. And until next time, may we grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Amen.